Welcome to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, brought to you by Present Truth Ministry, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. service tomorrow. Amen. Okay, let's get into the word. Father, thank you for your anointing to teach, and we thank you because your people are anointed to receive, and together faith is built up in the person of Jesus Christ. And I pray, Father God, that tonight that there will be an understanding of the subject of faith, and our hearts and our lives will be supernaturally built up in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. All right, let's, let's, let's continue with our, our discussion around the subject of faith. And yesterday we were able to build on our faith and provisions. But today I want to read an account from the book of John. The same account, but we're going to read it from the, light, from the way John wrote it. So go to John chapter 6. John chapter 6. And... We're going to find the same story, but written from the perspective of John. So what we did yesterday was to build from the story of Matthew, but today is from the story of John. But I want to give you two quotes of three that we can start from. The first one is this. The believer will never grow in faith with a sense of need. The believer will never grow in faith with what? With a sense of need. What that means is you must come to the point where you never see yourself as a victim. That's important. You never see yourself as what? As a victim. What that means is this. Even if there is a challenge in your life, you are not the victim. You're the one with what? With the authority. Praise God. Even if, you're the, if the, even if there's a challenge in your life, you're not a victim. You're the one with what? With the authority. You know, most times, um, as believers, we go through life need conscious. And if we keep going through life with that sense of need, our faith will never develop. It's almost like we go through life always needing deliverance. We go through life always needing help. Now, the Bible says that the whole world or the earth is waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God. What does the word manifestation mean? The word manifestation is unveiling, apocalypsis, the revealing of God's word. God wants his sons revealed in authority. Praise God. God wants his sons revealed in authority. So we never approach um, life with a victim mindset. Even though there are huge mountains all around us, how do we approach life? We approach life as the one that has authority. Praise God. We approach life as the one that has what? That has authority. What did Jesus say if there is a mountain in your life? What did Jesus say that you do to it? You speak to it. You speak to it. Right? Come on. Are we together? You do what to the mountain? You speak to the mountain. He didn't even say you talk to me about the mountain. Did Jesus say you should pray about the mountain? No. Do you know most times we come to God with a sense of, Oh God, 
I need you to help me right now. Oh God, I need you to do something for me. But then God looks at us and says, listen, I want you to do something about that. Why? Because what gives us the authority is the sacrifice of Jesus over 2,000 years ago. There's nothing God is going to do for you right now that he has not done in Christ. Praise the name of the Lord. So no matter what you're going through, it's not like when you say, oh, this is what I'm going through. And God is just going to say, oh, fine, let me do something about it. No, whatever you're going through right now, Christ has done something about it. The price for your total freedom, the price for your total deliverance have what? Have been paid for. Praise the name of the Lord. I said, praise the name of the Lord. So, we say we never build faith if we approach life from what? From a victim mentality. How do we approach life? From the ones with what? The authority. Amen. Now, the second thing I want you to note is that fellowship is the fountain of faith. Fellowship is the fountain of faith. That's what Sarah Pearson says. Fellowship is the fountain of faith. You cannot build faith if you do not constantly fellowship with God. You cannot build faith if you do not what? If you do not constantly fellowship with God. You cannot build faith if there is no what? Constant fellowship. A lot of people want to build faith apart from fellowship. They don't want to listen to the word of God. They don't want to hear God's word. Listen, I'll tell you this. If you listen to God's word constantly, it will shape the words you sing. It will shape the words you say. It will shape you, the way you see things. The word of God in your heart will shape your perspective. Praise the name of the Lord. You see, if you see things, and we're going to read that now. If you see things from the way everybody sees things, it means the word of God is not fully in your heart yet. So the word of God in our heart, we alter everything. We alter the way we hear things. We alter the way we see things. We alter everything we do. The word of God will radically alter our perspective. Praise the name of the Lord. Kenneth Hagin says, you can school yourself right into faith by confessing and meditating on scriptures. You can school yourself into faith by doing what? By confessing and meditating on scriptures. You see, scriptures is very powerful. The word of God is very powerful. If you keep taking it inside of you, it will change your life. If you keep listening to the word, it will change your life. You know, a lot of people say, you know, I've got this problem. I've got this anger problem. I've got this. I've got that. And I tell you, the easiest way to come out of any fix you have is put the word of God in your heart. You realize that if you keep listening to the word, keep acting on the word, keep paying attention to the word, one day you look back and realize, I don't have that anger anymore. Praise the name of the Lord. Including anyone who's struggling with offense. You just realize that the word of God has built in you the capacity to love. And even when offense comes, you know what happened? You will respond in love. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, I'll tell you this, faith and offense can never grow in the same soil. You cannot be offended and have faith at the same time. And that's why as a, as a child of God, you must strive to walk in love. 
I mean, is, is, it, is it an easy work? It's not an easy work. Right. But you must strive. You must build your capacity to walk in love. Why? Because your faith will not be active. Offense and malice and bitterness are like viruses to the faith life. And what's the antivirus now? The antivirus would be love. Praise God. So the more you can walk in love, the more those things will get out of your life. And the more you can do what? You can walk in faith. That's why you see, you will never see a faith giant that's easily offended. You never see anyone walking in faith who does not emphasize walking in love. Why? Because faith without love cannot work. Faith is not just a principle to get things. Faith is a life. And what life it is, is not just a life to get things, it's a life to please God. So we can serve God what? Acceptably. Praise the name of the Lord. I said, praise the name of the Lord. All right. You can fill your heart so full of the word that when you're faced with a need, the first words that come out of your mouth are the words of faith. You can fill your heart so full of the word of God that when you're faced with a need, the first words that come out of your mouth are words of faith. You can fill your heart with the word of God that the first words that come out of your mouth when you're faced with a need are words, words of faith. Praise God. I said, praise God. Are you, are you in John chapter 6? Let's go there now and let's read this. John chapter 6. And let's read verse 1. Now, it tells us the same story in Matthew chapter 14. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great multitude followed him because he saw his signs, which is performed on those who were diseased. We have established yesterday that it's God's will to heal. And we must not entertain sickness in any area of our lives. We must take authority over it. Once you begin to feel symptoms of sickness, you take authority over that. Your body has been redeemed. Praise the name of the Lord. Your body has been redeemed. Your body was purchased with the same blood that cleans your sin. Is the same blood that paid for what? The redemption of your body. Then a great multitude followed him because they saw the signs which he performed on those who were diseased. And Jesus went up on the mountain and there he sat and his, with his disciples. Now the, the Passover, a feast of the Jews was near. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? So he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But this is said to test him for he himself knew what he would do. Now, I, I, I wanted to read this other uh, translation, or uh, rather, on, other story that John wrote, because I wanted you to learn some things about faith. Now, very important. The situation that you're in right now, God has a wisdom solution for it. Yeah? Whatever you're going through, whatever the need is, whether it's your rent, whether it's money, whether it's finance, whether, whatever it is, God already knows. 
what the solution is. So faith is actually getting still before God to get the word or the answer for that need. So there is a wisdom solution for every problem. And so the ability to spend time on the word to be able to get exact word for that circumstance is where a lot of believers are lazy. So they don't want to spend the time. And remember what we said, faith cannot be built apart from fellowship. You cannot become a faith giant if you do not spend time with God. Are you following what I'm saying? You cannot become a faith giant if you do not what? If you do not spend time with God. Now, let's read on. But Philip said, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them. That every one of them may have a little. Now, what Philip did right here was to make a mental calculation. And says, even if we have this money to buy this number of bread, it will not be enough. So what was Philip looking at? Philip was looking at impossibilities. Like, this can't work. What faith does is to look in the midst of situations and know that something is possible. Faith does not reason out God's intervention. Are you following what I'm saying? Faith does not do what? Does not reason out God's intervention. But rather, what does faith do? Faith hooks up to the anointing. What faith actually does is to lay hold on the divine ability of God on your behalf. That's what faith is. To believe that the ability of God can be put to work in your situation knowing that God is able. So let me give you an example. Someone is sick, for instance, and they meet the doctors. And the doctor says, oh, there's no cure or this thing can't work. And the person comes and says, come on, I believe God. That Jesus paid the price for my healing. What's the person doing? He's using his faith as a connector. To what? To the ability of God. And immediately, that belief system is in place consistently. Or channel is created for the ability of God. To flow into that situation. So, in, in the school of faith, God's ability is not to be questioned. God is able. That's one. Number two, God's willingness is not to be questioned. God is willing. These two things are very foundational. They are very foundational. Number one, that God is able and that God is what? Is willing. So, where do we need to check in the faith equation? At our own end. Is there something stopping us from accessing the um, ability of God? Is there something stopping us from accessing the willingness of God? So, in this case right here, God was able to feed them. And God was also willing to do what? To feed them. Remember what we said yesterday. God cares about your material needs. He doesn't just care about getting your spirit saved, 
God cares about what? Your material needs. God cares if your rent is paid. God cares if your children's school fee is paid. God cares if you can eat. He is not a God who is not touched by the feelings of our infirmities. He's not just the God that is interested in our spirit without our bodies. Are you following what I'm saying? God is interested, listen, about every detail of our life and he cares to release his power in every detail of our life. And if we will follow the Lord, if we will pay attention to him, if we will get his word in our heart, what you're going to find out truly is that the Lord will begin to give us wisdom in every area of our life. Wisdom in every situation. To come out of it and to get the victory. God wants us victorious. Amen. I said God wants us what? Victorious. God wants us overcoming. God wants us as the head and not the tail. God wants us to have the good life. Regardless of what we're going through right now, never accept the victim mentality. We are not the ones who need deliverance. The scripture says, Saviors shall arise out of Mount Zion. Our confession, our words, our attitude, our songs must reflect his word. Your attitude. Your declarations. You know, sometimes, listen to this. And I, I learned it from, from Kenneth Copeland. Listen very carefully to this. Listen very carefully to this. Don't, don't miss this. You know, when you, are, um, when you are corrected, when it comes to spiritual things, listen, if you're corrected when it comes to spiritual things, if you take offense, you will never get you will never mature. Let me give you an example. For instance, you say, okay, let me give you a typical example. You say something, and someone says, no, don't say that. You just say, eh, yes, I understand. Are you following what I'm saying? Come on. Do you get what I'm saying? You will never grow. So I'll give you a typical example with my life today. I mean, very interesting. I, I was talking with, with I mean, and it, it, see, let me explain this to you. If you are around people who knows the power of words and confession, it will almost look like they are very picky. And you know the reason why? Because they understand. I told you, I, I, I gave you a typical example yesterday. How many of us believe that we can have what we say? Wave your hands again. You believe we can have what we say? Alright, now if I pray and say, everything you have said this year should come to pass. How many of you will wave your hand? It's like, no, 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 not so. Ah, no, no. Ah, you just remember that. No, no, no. God shouldn't let that come to pass. Like the day you say, ah, I'm almost laughing to death. How many of you have said I'm laughing to death this year? You know, so I was, I was chatting with uh, Pastor Banky. And um, so after his broadcast today, so I was watching the broadcast. So I told him, I said, oh, we're blessed by the broadcast. So he now said, oh, I didn't watch the broadcast. Listen carefully to you. I'm talking about receiving correction in the spirit. He says, I didn't watch the broadcast because I was preparing prayer points for Lukaf, so his fellowship. So I said, he says, oh, I can send it to you. So I said, oh, I would like to I would like to just get the prayer points and just pray along. So I now said, now I was trying to be humble. So I now said, I am humble actually. <laughs> so I now said, oh, okay, I'm a local fight by association. You know, I was referring to Gabriel himself. 
I said, just as Lot followed Abraham, I said, although I will not quarrel like Lot. I mean, do you understand the, the example? Do you understand the example? Do you understand my intention, my sincere intention to like say, listen, I understand I'm not part of this organization, but just as Lot followed Abraham, I can be partaker of the grace. Is, that, is there anything wrong with that? No? No, don't worry. It's not a trick question. It's just a normal question. Do you think there's anything wrong with that? So he quickly replied, we are all offsprings of Abraham. What do you think about that? I know some of you are like, ah, that joke that you just said. No, but that's the truth. Because whether I want to receive prayer points or not does not qualify me to be a lot. Do you understand that? So I quickly said, yes, sir, I am Abraham's seed. I can say, ah, don't you know I'm a man of God? I was just joking. No, but that's what spiritual people do around you. So that even when you make mistakes, they can quickly correct you. Do you understand what I'm saying? So when you stay around friends, um, they give a confession that is not right. And you say, no, don't say that. They say, I'm just joking. And they don't take it. Those are friends that will drag you into doubt and unbelief. Do you get what I'm saying? I mean, this is not something I said. This is just something I typed. This is on a WhatsApp chat. And he says, no, we are all offsprings of Abraham. Whether you want prayer points or not, it doesn't warrant you calling yourself Lot. And what do you do? You respond. You don't get offended and say, okay, don't worry. I don't want the prayer point again. Uh, do, do you get what I'm saying? Or I will not talk to this person again. How many times have we walked away from correction and walked away from people who could build our faith because we got offended when they put us on the right track? Some of you is even your husbands and your wife. You confess negative and your husband says, don't say that. You say, gabeg, gabeg. That's why I don't like talking in your presence. No, that's the more you should talk so they can straighten out your mouth. Why? Because you can have what you say. Come on, are we together? You see, and I'm, I'm saying this now because if you, if you, as spiritual people, everything is important. Are you following what I'm saying? The songs you listen to is important. The song you sing is important. The words you say is important, right? Come on. Your attitude is important. The things you read is important. And so, never get offended when you're being corrected spiritually. Now, I'm not even talking about a man correcting you when the word corrects you. Right? Now, we're learning, right? We're learning, the, we're learning faith. We're going back to the basics. We're learning faith. Some of the teachings will come and you feel like, ah, oh, no, no, that's too much. I remember the early days of our life when we started, uh, myself and my wife, learning the faith work. And we were correcting ourselves. You know, I'll say something. My wife will correct me that that's not. And she will say something. You know? And you know, for me, anytime she corrected me, outside of just the feeling of, oh, she has corrected me, you also feel like, ah, I'm the head of the house. At least if you are correcting me, calm down. Don't just correct it like that. Correct it with humility. But listen to this. That your correction with humility, if it's not done drastically, you can say things that will ruin your family. Are you following what I'm saying? So spiritual correction or spiritual adjustment are not things that we pet ourselves emotionally. If you say something that's not right and it's pointed out, men walk away from it, repent from it and say, no, this is what I believe. This is what I'm speaking. Do you, do you follow what I'm saying? Now, Jesus began to talk to Philip. 
and I like this. Now, go, go, go back to John chapter 6 now. Go back to John chapter 6. And, and Philip answered him and said, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them. And every one of them may have a little. Verse 8. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon's brother, brother said to him, There is a lad here who has five loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among you? And you realize that if Philip was not a spiritual brother, he would have felt offended. Right here by Andrew. We are talking of 200 not being enough. You are bringing five loaves and two fishes. You think I'm foolish? After I've done the calculation, <laughs> he realized that can be his reaction. Now I'm going somewhere. This is very important. Because if we keep reacting to ourselves in offense, we cannot have corporate faith. Are you following what I'm saying? Come on, are you following what I'm saying? Are you here? Say Amen. If a husband and a wife keep having fights and strife and offense, they cannot be corporate faith. Philip has done the calculation. How many of you know that? Come on, listen. If I have calculated that one million cannot get this thing done, and then somebody now says, oh, I think there are five loaves and two fishes here. How are you going to feel? You that have calculated that one million will not get it done. Let's be honest. How are you going to feel? Like, do you think I'm a small child? Do you understand what I'm saying? Why are you bringing the fish now? So everybody will know that you are the one that sees two fishes. I mean, if we keep getting at ourselves, what's going to happen? There will not be room for corporate faith. And listen, that is why some families are never blessed. Or not that they are never blessed. They never walk in the manifestation of the blessing. Because according to Ephesians chapter 1, what's happening, we're already blessed. But what happened? They never agree. The husband wants to go this way. The wife wants to go this way. The children want. Even the dog has his own vision. The day you say, let everybody fast, the dog goes to the next dog. Every the dog's got his own vision. Never agree. I'll tell you this. If you can get into agreement, you will move mountains with your faith. Are you following this? And I want to say this especially to, 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 to couples, where the children is consigned, you, you people must come in faith. For instance, you, you want your child to go to this particular school. The husband wants the child to go to this school. Right. And then, you, but this is the one you want because this is where your friends want, you know, this is where all your friends are. And you use all your emotional tactics, keeping quiet, not eating, not what is wrong? Nothing. What is wrong? Not. He says, is it the school matter? He says, eh, what else? It's okay, let this child go. And out of psychological pressure, you force the child to go to that school. Listen to this. Listen to this. What you realize is that both of you essentially will not have the power of agreement where the child is concerned. And sometimes you expose your children to all kinds of things because both of you Never agree. And this is very simple to know both of you never agree. If anything happens, I mean, not, not, let's say, not something negative and big. What's the first thing that's going to come out of your mouth? Come on, what's the first thing that's going to come out of your mouth? I said the child should not go to that school. Do you get what I'm saying? What, even if it's, maybe, let's reverse it. Whether it's the husband, whether it's the wife. You realize that the other party is going to come, let's say, whatever has happened to that child there, I was not part of it. That shows in the first place that both of you 
And sometimes we tell ourselves, in the name of peace, and in the name of peace, just to get temporary peace, you expose your kids. That's why, listen to this. For those of you who are not married, listen to this ten times again, just this sentence. Be careful who you get married to. You don't want to get married to someone you both of you cannot agree on what God wants you to do. On what God wants the family to do. Are you following what I'm saying? Come on, I said, are you following what I'm saying? The power of agreement in faith. The, the disciples, they agreed. As it were, this one says, oh, this money is not enough. This one says, oh, but there's five loaves here. And I believe everybody came on to and said, wow, come on, let's give that to the master. Someone needs to say, keep those five loaves. They are talking feeding 5,000. You are bringing five loaves. I was the first person Jesus called as, as apostle. When did you join this team? No. Because where there is strife and backbiting, there's what? The scripture says there's all kinds of evil works. Strife and malice and backbiting opens the door to the enemy to work. I mean, I can tolerate, I mean, you do anything, I can tolerate, I can forgive. But if you get into strife, no, I'll ask you to walk away. Because that is a doorway for the enemy to get into our midst. Praise the name of the Lord. Come on, are we together? The power of agreement. The power of agreement. If we're in a team, let's agree. If you're husband and wife, let's agree. I know sometimes it can be, can be difficult. There the Lord will give you wisdom and then you have to do what you need to do. But it's important to get into agreement as we build. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay, let's go on. One of his disciples, Andrew Simon's bro brother, said to him, There's a lad here who has five loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? Then Jesus said, Make the people sit down. We talked about order. We ended about order yesterday, right? If you want faith to work in your life, bring order into your life. Bring order to when you pray. Don't pray haphazardly. You cannot always pray when you are led. Sometimes you will not be led, but pray. You cannot always give when you are led. Sometimes you will not be led, but give. Bring a structure into your life. Bring giving as a structure. Bring praying as a structure. Bring fasting as a structure. Are you following what I'm saying? Bring fellowship as a structure. Bring praying in the spirit as a structure. You can tell yourself, I'm going to pray in the spirit 30 minutes every day. Bring it in. Discipline yourself. Sit down. Get your life in order. Let's not see faith as, uh, you know, just, how do I put it now? Like something you just pick off the street and just use. And, you know, I need a car. Let me use faith. I need this one. Let me use faith. No, that's where we've been missing it. It is a life. It is a substance we use in what? In pleasing God. And automatically, you just discover you have faith. Praise God. One of the things, I'm going to deal with that maybe tomorrow, if the Lord allows me to go in that direction. One of the things that I've seen very, that I've seen decrease in my life as I grow in God is anxiety. I don't get anxious about stuff. <laughs> I don't. There is a peace and contentment that comes with my walk with God. Oh, what's going to happen? This, I mean, I don't, I don't. One thing I know is that if I stay on the word of God, everything is going to work out for my good. 
But it didn't, there were times where, man, I used to get anxious because I'm a long-term thinker. I plan very long. If you, if you, if you, if you stay close to me, you know, I think what I'm thinking about next day. I'm, I, and sometimes those things used to bring anxiety. But if you stay on the word constantly, your assurance of God's love, meditating on the love of God for you, meditating on the purposes and the plans of God for you, what's going to happen is, listen, the first thing God is going to do, God is not going to go, going to immediately start bringing increase into your life. The first thing God is going to do is to keep you at peace and make you content. The first thing that faith does for us is not to give us things. The first thing that faith does for you is to make you happy with the joy of the Lord where you are. It's almost like you are in prison and you're still writing to people, rejoice in the Lord. I say rejoice. The first thing faith will do is to give you that peace that does what? The scripture says is the peace that passes what? Understanding. What does that mean? It means the rational mind will not know why you are happy with less than you have. But if God can get you into the position of that peace, then there's nothing he can bring into your life. Why? Because he will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. That's the beginning of faith. Somebody's trusting God to get married and you're believing God for that. The first thing God will put in your heart is to remove that desire to always look at your date of birth. I'm 32. Going to 33. I'm going to 35. Ah, I'll soon get old. And they said, that's where the problem starts. When somebody's 35, to even give birth is a problem. That's how a woman in Abakalike, she was 34, going to 35. As she was about to give it. And you know the funny thing? The enemy will now bring people around you. You will just tune the news. You will just hear 35-year-old woman <laughs> died giving birth. You will just open Facebook. 34-and-a-half-year-old woman almost miscarried. Every, the enemy will just make sure. Anyway, even when you come to church, if your pastor is not led of the spirit, he'll just say, there's one 35-year-old woman we're praying for now. Church, let's pray. She's almost there. You're like, I'm, I'm done for. And you know what? Because the scripture says, he that believes does not make haste. That will produce haste in you. And before you realize, you get married to the wrong person. Three years down the line, you're like, I wish I didn't get married. You don't, you see, anything that is, it must be now, it must be now. Calm down. Are you following what I'm saying? Just relax. You know, people say God's time is the best. They always say that for others. When it is theirs, it is their time that is the best. You understand that? When you come and meet them, I say, my brother, relax. They don't have a job. You, you mean you have a job. The guy doesn't have a job. He comes to meet you for counseling. Say, you see, this faith work is patience. Just relax. God's time is the best. Because you have a job they don't have. If we reverse the case and they tell you, you see, this faith life is patience. Relax. God's time is the best. Say, I know. But how can somebody go hungry when we're waiting for God's time? The first thing God does when you are in faith, is to give you what? Peace. Everybody say peace. Number two is to give you contentment. Everybody say contentment. Even when you're believing for the healing of a sickness, you know the first thing God will do? God will grant you peace. As the healing is at work, you, in fact, people will almost think that you're not bothered. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? They was like, 
you know, it's like people get angry when you are not anxious. Have you, have you sat with people like that? They are like, why are you not worried? You should be worried. They feel that your worry level is not high enough. So they start giving you reasons to worry. Look at the country. Look at it. We are not going anywhere. This country is finished. Are you still here? <laughs> and they are here. Are you following what I'm saying? So what God does is to give you peace. What do we think about that? God wants to multiply food. There is seemingly scarcity, but he tells them to sit down. Do you know, sitting down is, an, is, is, is what you do when you know that there's abundance of food. Right? Do you get it? Like if a mother has finished cooking, you know, if you used to go to the village for Christmas, you know, not all these Christmas where we're afraid to eat food. Those Christmas that a day before Christmas you don't eat. Because you are ready for 25th. It's going to be a long walk to freedom. You walk and walk and walk and walk until your shoes. You not carry them as handbag. How many of you had those kind of Christmas experience? You, walk, you leave the house walking well. You come back rolling. <laughs> that's, that's real Christmas. You know those Christmas food, they cook them with large pots. Right? And then the first thing they'll have to tell everybody first, sit down so that you'll be counted. And that sitting down is important because if they miss you in that counting, it's till next December. To say one, I mean, okay, so some of you don't experience that. I mean, we we're like, we're like 20-something grandchildren when we go home for Christmas. So you can't sit in the parlor, so you sit anywhere you find space. All over the compound, you see children with plates, so they start counting. 20, 21, 22, 23. If you are not part of that counting, you are off. But why? It is because grandma has the assurance that there is food. Right? So he's not saying line up. We have only 10 plates. The first 10 people. No. That's chaos. So when Jesus told them to sit down, he was acting on abundance, even in the midst of lack. What does order do in your life? Order means I am expecting a harvest. Other means there's peace. God is going to come through for me. It doesn't mean that you are not recognizing the situation. It means that you know something that the situation does not know. That you have a God who is able and willing. Praise the name of the Lord. So he asked them to sit down. Bringing order into our life. Ask them to sit down. Now there was so much grass in the place. So the men sat down in number, about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves. And when he had given thanks, this is very important. Faith give thanks. What did I say? Faith gives thanks. And genuine thanks in that, in that place now. Faith does not despise what it has in his hands. Let me explain this to you because this is, this is the problem I have with Christians, right? When we now say faith gives thanks, for some people it now becomes a formula, right? You now go back and say, oh, I thank you, I thank you, I thank you, I thank you. Then later you come back and say, Pastor, it's not working. <laughs> it is not a formula. What do they say about faith? Faith flows out of your relationship with God, Right? So this is what happens. There's a need in my life. I go to the word of God. I pray about it. I spend time with God. God gives me peace. Number one. Right. 
He gives me contentment. Number two, with peace and contentment, I don't see myself as someone in need anymore. Right? Out of that state, I now begin to do what? To appreciate God. What am I thanking him for? I'm thanking him for peace. I'm thanking him for what? For contentment. It's changing my prayer now. I'm no longer seeing the need. Rather, I'm seeing this spiritual substance that God is giving to me. And out of that overflow of what I received from the Lord, I begin to do what? To give thanks. And what happens? I am now releasing the anointing for increase. Is that not the same thing in the life of Abraham? That's what happened. The Bible says he was not weak in faith, but doing what? Giving glory. Romans chapter 4. I think so, right? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Let's look at this. Romans chapter 4. Let's look at verse 17. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. In the presence of whom he believed. Look at this. Whom he believed. God. Who gives life to the dead. And calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Look at how God talks. He calls those things that do not exist as though they did. You know, one of the things I realized is, is this. I realized that in, in faith work, and I'll tell you the truth. I've been a student of faith since... 1999, that's when I stumbled on the first material of faith. Till date, active, participating students. One thing I realized, when we got a hold of this, of this declaration, calling those things that be not as though they were, what began to happen was people began to call things. You understand? You know, call, call things. That's where you now started having the language of I'm strong. You know, when somebody's sick, you know, why were you not in church? Because I was rich. So what does that mean? If you're rich, you should be in church. And we, we, we meant that that was calling those things that be not as though they were. No. That's not it. That's not it. What happened is this. When you have filled your heart with so much of God's word, right? And a situation arises. Out of the abundance of the heart, you will naturally speak that which is not existent. So let me give you an example. If somebody had actually really put the word of healing in their heart so much, even when they are sick, when they open their mouth, what's going to come out? The word of healing. So they are not confessing it mechanically. They are not, it's not just mental. It is an overflow of fellowship. Faith is an overflow of what? Of fellowship. So for instance, I'll give you an example. Uh... Even when there's no physical resources in our house, maybe let's use money now. Even when there's no money in our house, and you come in, you come to visit us, for instance, maybe you visit myself and my wife, you will not feel that atmosphere in the house. You know, there's a certain atmosphere where there's no money. There's, there's, there's an atmosphere that is almost very creepy. It's almost like anything you say is like cats will come after you. You know, everybody's just careful. You know, you greet the man. Say, why are you greeting me like this? Is it because I don't have money? You, the, the greeting has nothing in connection with money. And then you, you now start whistling certain kind of songs. You know those kind of songs? You only find them in Nigerian films in the village. You just, I just, I've heard this song somewhere. It's not a hymn. It's not a psalm. It's not a spiritual song. It's a whistle of complaint. 
Why did I marry this man? If I had married the other man that came, by now we would be in Abuja. Look at where we are. You just realize that that atmosphere, why? And then immediately they paid the man. Oh, songs of joy. He has given me victory. You are almost, in fact, you are almost not late for church. If money can still turn you that way and turn you this way, you still have a lot of growing to do. You haven't received this peace that we're talking about. You know what Paul said in Philippians chapter 4? He says, I know how to abase and I know how to abound. What? what? I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. What was he trying to say? Christ is the stability. My eyes are on Christ. Whether I have enough, my eyes are on Christ. Whether I don't have, my eyes are on Christ. There are some people, when they don't have money, boom, they go into depression. We can only see them happy month end. From 20th to 31st, they are happy because they know in two days' time I'll be paid. In three days' time I'll be paid. And then, boom, 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 boom. First week, boom, depression comes back again. You see, you are still living under the circumstances. You haven't done what? Mastered the circumstances. But let's read about Abraham now. Who contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became. Now, can, uh, let's go back to the first verse 17. I want you to show you something now. Let me show you something there. Verse 17. Look at this. Verse 17. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. Observe that statement. Follow me carefully. Observe that statement. Right. It says, I have made you. That means God had already made him, built him that way. Now go to verse 18. Who contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations. Do you observe what I'm trying to bring out there? Number one, in verse 17, God had already made him the father of many nations. In verse 18, against hope, he believed in that and he became the father of many nations. Right. So, the truth of the matter is that anything you're believing to become, you already are. God has already made you. God has already healed you. Right? God has already prospered you. But the, the question is this. Against hope, would you believe? It's, it is when you start believing against hope that you become what he has already made you. Because, see, you cannot become what God hasn't made you. You cannot become prosperous if he has not already made you prosperous. So, faith is actually your evolution to manifestation. Are, are you following what I'm saying? So, it is more like, I believe God... And I become what God has already made me. That's why faith does not start from you. Faith starts from God. Abraham did not just get up and say, listen, I'm going to another land. I'm going to another land. As I go to that land, I will increase. As I go to that land, I will increase. And starts trekking. He might not get to the land. It was God that said to him, go. Faith originates from God. That is very, see, this is, I mean, this, take, this, this took me like close to 15 years to find out. Because you know what the regular teaching about faith is? Look for any scripture. Believe the scripture. Start declaring the scripture. How many of you know the scripture we're going to look for? We're not going to even look for the, um, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. No, I'm going to look for my God shall supply my needs according to his riches in glory. I'm the head and not the tail. Come on, how many of you know what I'm talking about? But you know how faith comes? 
if you have listened to, to Pastor Banky for a long time, you will always discover he quotes Isaiah chapter 66. Our cause prosperity to flow through you like a, like a stream, the rivers of the north like a, a stream. And he tells you that it is on the basis of that scripture he can do ministry from Enugu and be prosperous. You know what people that listen to Pastor B do? They will go and collect that scripture and start confessing. I'll cause river to flow. It won't do you anything. You can go to that same Enugu and it is your landlord that you are owing your landlord. You will now park in the night. You know those kind of parking where even you, you don't know where you're going. Foam will fall. You cannot even pick the foam because if you turn back and they catch you, you are gone. Because that's not faith. But you might be reading. I've told you about my own, my own um, story about provisions. Before I was marrying my wife, I was going home one of those days from visitation. There was no food at home. There was, I mean, when you mean no food, there was no food. And let me, let, me ex- let me say this to you. And this is very important. Let me say this to you. Sometimes deliberately remove, I'm going to talk about that tomorrow morning, making God your source. Sometimes deliberately remove yourself from help so you can learn how to trust God. Let me explain what I mean. My parents, my parents are still in worry. I was living in worry with them. And I said, no, I want to get married now. I need to leave. So I left my, my, my dad's place. There was nothing in the house. I was just there alone. When I said there was no food in the house, what do you think is the easiest solution? Come on, talk to me, guys. What do you think is the easiest solution? Just go back home. I mean, just to go and eat. You don't even have to tell them you came to eat. You just go to the house. You just throw to the kitchen. You people are not cooking. You people are not cooking in this house. Even when your mother sees you, come on, what's the first response of mothers? He's going to ask you, have you eaten? If you just say no, but uh, we are believing God, you know you won't go. You will not only eat, you will go home with. And you think you are wise. You have just stopped your, I'm not saying go and starve and die. But what I'm just saying is you have also just stopped your process of faith. You know the thing about spiritual growth? The day you pull out from that cover, you start from class one. So I could have gone home, but I was just, I mean, that day I was really, you know, all those visitations with hot sun, you have trekked, you don't even know whether you are sweating or you're roasting again. You are just irritated by everything. So I just, I just, in my heart, I just said, God, this one I want to get married and I'm still hungry like this. (laughs) How will I bring this woman and both of us will be hungry? No, I'm just feeling for my wife, for the hunger she was about to experience. How do you bring a woman all the way from the north to southern hunger? (laughs) In the name of love. You know when you say you love someone, in the first few days, if you are hungry, you just feel satisfied. Say, do you want to eat? No, 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 no. Just... You know, after two weeks, you now realize that, come, oh, come, come. Wait, 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 wait. Is this, is this, after one month, you start singing your tribal song. You know, after two years, you now say, wait, this marriage, let's talk about it. Is it that we have married or we are praying? You know, something. And I just heard a whisper on my inside. You are one person. When you are two, I will know. Since that day, I mean, my wife is a witness. Since that day, I have never concerned myself about food. Never. If we've had people live with us. We've had, I mean, we, sometimes we wonder, how do we feed all these people? You know where that faith come, came from? That statement. If you like, write it down, quote it, go back home, start writing. When you are two, I will know. 
you will realize that hunger will make you not to be able to pronounce the two completely. And that's the mistake people did with, 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 with listening to Bishop David Oedipo. I cannot be poor. I cannot be poor. They didn't hear it. Then they started saying, I cannot be poor. I cannot be poor. Until poor. He said, don't mind there. They are building universities. They are bakery. It's anger. The anger that that statement didn't work. He's just building university everywhere. He has brought his son. His son will take over the church. People, some thieves. <laughs> you know? Because when faith doesn't respond because you didn't apply it properly, what you get is frustration. So that's why I say, listen, you don't, you don't listen to people's testimonies and rush those scriptures. You go before the Lord. For you, it might be God just telling you, I'm your shepherd. And anytime you read Psalm 23, that assurance will come. You know, Peter said when we heard that blessed voice on the mountain. It will become a word you have touched. It will become a word you have handled. Uh, do you understand? And that is what we are trying to get people to do. Like, when we say we have got a faith weekend, come and listen to God's word. It's not that we're going to teach you something new. Maybe in the process of these three days, God will give you a statement. That will be your assurance. Are you following what I'm saying? Come on, are you following what I'm saying? Faith starts with fellowship. Let's read on. Wow, time is gone. Oh, where are we now? <laughs> it says, verse 17, Romans chapter 4, 4, 4. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. So there are many things you have been made in Christ. Remember, when God is making you something... He is not taking permission from your current circumstances. Do you get what I'm saying? God will make you who you are in the spirit regardless of your position physically. So even when God had made him a father of many nations, did he have a child? He didn't have a child physically. So the fact that you are healed and the healing is not manifested does not mean God hasn't healed you. You are becoming the healed one. You are becoming the prosperous one. Hallelujah. And that's why we are never in a competition. Because listen, I cannot become what God has made Fred. I cannot become what God has made Jumei. I cannot become what God has made Gabriel. I can only become what God has what? Made me. So there's no, absolutely no room for competition. Praise God. Now look at this. In the presence of him who he believed, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Who contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations. According to what? No, I didn't hear that. According to what? Oh, let's say it loud and clear, church. Come on, let's go. According to what? So you can only become what has been spoken to you. Are you understanding this now? So, faith is not just going to gather scriptures and confessing. No, it is good. You can start from there. But out of those scriptures, there's what you now call Rema. God now highlights a particular verse to you. God highlights a particular word to you. You will now believe in that word. You will now become what that word says. Do you understand? That's why there's discipline to the faith life. There's discipline. The faith life is not for lazy people. Praise the name of the Lord. The faith life is not for lazy people. That's discipline. You know, sometimes, if you would listen, to this, this afternoon I, I got up and uh, I just told my wife, I said, 
there's a particular ministry we, passed, we partner with, the, the grandson of Kenneth Copeland, Jeremy. I said, I, I think I need to read Jeremy Persson's legacy magazine. She sends us his magazine. So I picked it up, and as I was reading it, it's exactly what I was teaching about. That's, that's what he wrote in that message. So, I, I mean, it just strengthened my faith. I got some new revelations from it. It's because if I'm fellowshipping with God, God can even lead you to a book that you should read. You, you have many books in your bookshelf. Now, listen to this. I'm not saying become weird. You know, there are people like that. You can't hang around them. You know, the Spirit of God just told me not to call you. You know, the Spirit of God just told me to sit down in this chair. The Spirit of God just told me, when I go to church, let me sit on the right. Listen, if you come here, you sit where the usher told you to sit. The Spirit of God won't tell you to go and sit anywhere. Don't come and cause confusion that the Holy Ghost is leading you. So God just told me to wear red. That's not what I'm talking about. Once you have that fellowship with God, your daily activities will be engineered by the Spirit. Are you following what I'm saying? You will just tune the television when the right information you require is on. You will just pick a book and the chapter you read will be the answer to your problem. Do you get what I'm saying? You will just, you just randomly, you, are, you want to drive to the office, you randomly just pick a CD and slot it in as you are listening. It is an answer to the problem you need. That's how the Holy Ghost guides us. Are you following what I'm saying? Maybe you just call a friend and he will just tell you exactly what you need to hear. He will not even know that that's what you've been praying about. So when you are believing God, the Holy Ghost begins to lead you into these things. Praise the name of the Lord. Who contrary to hope believed in hope so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. Verse 19. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. Praise the name of the Lord. Come on, our time is up. I'm going to build from here tomorrow, and I trust that by the Spirit of God, grace will be imparted in our hearts. Amen. Amen. Let's be on our feet. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory, glory to God. Let's be on our feet. Let's just lift up our voices. Let's just give glory to God. Let's just rejoice before the Lord. Thank you for listening to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would also like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng or call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.